podcast found us. More podcast, where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom, discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. Oh, hey, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, again, I want to invite all of our listeners to take the more summer challenge. Now, what that means is that you listen to this podcast every week, and we promise that you will feel more informed, more happy, and now with less calories, more healthy throughout the week. Welcome. We are, we're trying our best always to make sure that you have a better summer and we want to be part of it. So like when you're going on the beach and you've won one of our, our little radios that we have been giving out, they're perfect to take to the beach and have it play out there while you're watching the wonderful sunset or whatever you're doing. Uh, well, in studio today, uh, a Northern Michigan legend, uh, hide-and-seek champion in the grandpa division, Pastor Gary. Yes, I love that. I yeah. love that. I am the master I've, in my house. I've heard that you were pretty good at it. Yes, I can hide in plain sight. <laughs> it's great. You know, for me, sometimes, though, when I'm, I play hide-and-go-seek, I try to pick spots that I don't have to, like, kneel down or crouch oh. or get into weird oh, positions. Right. Yeah, so I will find... You know, easier. I'm going to tell you about one spot that I hid, and then the kids just said, please come out. Okay. It was under the utility sink really? in, in our basement. The and utility there, sink. Yeah. It, it's an open basin. So like there was nothing. I just put the bleach bottles and stuff in front of me. Yeah. And then I hid underneath uh, be, and, and they, they never could find me. Really? Yes. I, they finally just said, please let, let us find you. And well, I think this is a good spot because yeah. there's a lot of things going on there that help you because there's cleaning products, which kids will not want to be around. Right. Anything they have to clean there. Yeah. No. I actually taught a class to the CIA on how to hide in plain sight, but yeah. He's got his camel ready. He, his ghillie suit is just himself. He doesn't yes. really have to do anything That's else. That's right. Well, also in studio, after just finding out that carbs and carbon are not the same, Pastor Alex Norton, I'm here this morning. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a... You know what we should do? Yeah. I think you should introduce me, and I'll start introducing you. I think we should do that. And you I've come got, up with something for me. I will. I will I'll come up with something for you, and then we won't tell each other. We won't tell each other until right. we get here. There, I like it. Okay, so okay. next week. Okay, let me do one right now. I got okay. one right on the top of my head. Here we go. Here we the go. only man yeah. who had to register his pair of shoes with a boat title, Pastor <laughs> Alex Norton. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Woo! There you go. Hey, I remember you as a ninth grader. I know. You had like, what size shoes do you wear? 14s or something? Well, like I was 13s, yeah. 13s. Uh, and but they call me Thumper, yeah. Yeah. they. It looked like it needed a, a registration for a boat title on the side of those <laughs> shoes that you were wearing. You remember, you were still coaching then, but you remember that one game we played at that really tiny gym? Uh-huh. And I had to throw the ball in. Yeah, and, I and there was, wasn't enough room. There was enough room. Yeah, your heels were touching the wall, yeah. but your toes were over the line. And they whistled you. They whistled me for that, yeah. And you had to stand like a duck. Yeah. Side. Remember that? <laughs> I remember that. That's crazy. I remember standing there going, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I remember my feet that in there. Too. Oh, yeah. my gosh. The out of we had some was so adventures tiny. back in the day. Well, you know, and I just happened to be the tallest kid in the school. Now, yes. it does, that's not the case. Right. I mean, we have giants that go to the school now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you are shrinking. Yeah, I am sure. Yeah, that's what they tell me. You know, mm -hmm. as gravity is kicking in, you get smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. I went to the doctor the other day, and they told me I went from 6'2 to 6'1, and then 6 foot. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is going on? So apparently that is real. All right, as we're talking about the uh, Band of Brothers from last Sunday and uh, how it is to get connected with each other and find ways uh, to support each other in spiritual warfare, I noticed that a lot of businesses create 
what they call team building experiences to try to get people to connect. Yes. And, and you know, we, we've done it at our offices. We do it sometimes in church to do these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's extremely hard sometimes to rally the troops to do anything, especially when, you know, the sun's out tempting us with such nice days. You don't really want to be inside. Right. You know, you're like, I want to be out there at the beach. Uh, so now in attempting to keep everyone's mind on the job, some managers and foremen and bosses fail to hit the mark to get people motivated. And so here on more podcasts, we want to uh, help uh, people to not do the wrong ones uh-huh. that have been proven not to work well. Right. Those it's, are the ones that deflate yeah. morale instead deflate of helping. Deflate morale. Yeah. You know, people want to quit their job after doing yeah. some of these. All right. So the first one, the top one that people have used for a long time and have stopped using because it doesn't work as well as it used to. And that is the trust fall. You remember? Yes. You've done the trust fall? I, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've been to some of these before and that was brought up a couple of times and I'm like, no, there's no way I'm going to let somebody catch me. You know, most of the time I work in an offices where people were a lot shorter than me mm-hmm. and here I am a 280 pound dude and you're going to catch me for real. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Yep. I've seen, I've literally seen that one fail. Yeah. And I saw a version of it called stage diving where um, a big guy <laughs> was playing and he dove into the crowd and they were just not willing to catch him. Yeah. I've saw that firsthand. That would, yeah, I've, I face plant. No. Yeah. You're going to go down. Sorry, buddy. Mm -hmm. You should have thought that through a little bit Mm -hmm. longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Well, there is perhaps no team building exercise more infamous than the trust fall, uh, an activity whereby a person, if you don't know anything about this, closes their eyes, they cross their arms and blindly fall backwards into the arms of their fellow colleagues. Yes. Not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this team building activity has potential to it well it used to to make you think that you have more faith in your fellow workers but lately has more potential to leave you disabled on the on the team yeah. you know when they don't catch you mm-hmm. than anything else and so you it may not be one you want to right. utilize anymore get rid of the you know the trust unless wall. you want to start parking closer to the door <laughs> right do they offer a workers comp after a team building experience i don't know it's uh need insurance good insurance if you're gonna do that kind of stuff uh, but it also does not build uh, camaraderie within a team and after you do this exercise <laughs> because, you know, it just proves to everyone their suspicions are confirmed that they don't trust you mm-hmm. uh, like they didn't before, you mm-hmm. know, because they know you're not going to catch them. So, yeah. So I don't think this one works at all. I mean, I think if you're going to try to do the trust fall, you better have like cushions behind you, maybe, you know, fail safes because mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, nobody's going to catch you. All right. Uh, the next one that, that, corporations and jobs have tried to do bosses try to utilize before is the infamous paintball afternoon yes yeah uh-huh this is one that's also an interesting thing and this is where you basically take a group of people into a paintball arena forest whatever mm-hmm. and you shoot little balls of paint at each other all in the attempts to at very high velocity right very uh-huh. high velocity to try to build a, a team cohesiveness um, and so we basically give them the opportunity to act on their grievances with a paintball gun. I mean, right. you've got people that have been holding grudges for a yeah. while. The and sales now, department goes right for management every time. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Management goes down first. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And then anybody that was kissing up after uh-huh. that, they're going down next. Right. So they shoot these tiny balls of paint at you going around 190 miles, 190 miles per hour or 280 feet per second. Okay. Okay. That's, that, yeah. That's humming. Yes, Hummin, you're going to yeah. feel it. If you Have you ever that. played this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 me too. It's The first time I ever played it, I, did, I had no warm-up or anything like that. I didn't know how accurate and how far those 
you know, the paintballs oh, yeah. would go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I climbed onto this brush pile. I, d- I thought I would be the recon guy and kind of stick my head up like a gopher <laughs> and see where the opposing. I took it right in the forehead. Oh. Uh, first, I, I was in the game for like maybe 25 seconds and oh. I'm out. <laughs> That's bad. That's yeah. bad. Well, I got you, the hang of it real quick. You know, some of the games I play, they like to play this thing called Reboot. Okay. You know. You know, where you can respawn you yourself. Can respawn yourself. Okay. Yeah. And so, if you get, I'm are you like, impressed with my, my video? I am. Knowledge I, right there. That's the respawn. only word. I know. That was great. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I was thinking to myself, uh, whenever I played that, I'm like, if you get me, I'm out. I'm not going to stick around and respawn again just uh-huh. so I can keep shooting somebody. I mean, I'm just going to I'm going to step out of the game. Okay. So yeah, it was not a big incentive for me. Uh, so depending on the team level of experience, uh, this could become a fun connection or. You could have the one on the team that plays too many war games on his PlayStation, and in either case, it's good. It's it's good to uh, bruise up staff and basically not create. Yeah, you know, team because right. everybody shows up on Monday. Yep, basically look like Welts they just got attacked. And, yeah, yeah, by something. So that's another one. Take that off off the mix, uh, and then we have the last one, which is the infamous <laughs> rope course. Yes. I mean, how many bosses have tried to use a rope course to build mm-hmm. team cohesiveness? Um, basically if you want the team to become self-aware and powered to act as one unit, well, then they stay, they always tell you to go to the ropes course since the 1990s bosses have paid for their teams to head to course parks in hopes of igniting a venturous and courageous attitude at the work site. I don't think it's that way at all. No, because you know, have you noticed every, every time you get that one person that is scared of heights and then there's mm-hmm. that one rope part of the part of the rope course mm-hmm. where you have to stand up in a tree mm-hmm. and you have to kind of walk across this little bridge to get to the other side. Yep. And, and you know, the boss is like, this is gonna be great. Cause they're going to be encouraging that person to go across mm-hmm. there. But then you see a person with a full, just, they just have a whole meltdown mm-hmm. up there. And you're like, I have never seen Marge exactly that in my life. Right you now. And sometimes yep. a little expletive comes out. Yeah. You're like, this is not and good. Then the whole team's waiting for four <laughs> hours for them to finally right. climb down the ladder. Cause they can't climb down. Right. Yeah. yeah they can't yeah. climb down. They can't do and anything. They bring in airlift to get her off there. <laughs> it's not good. You got to send somebody up there to try to talk her down. And then yep. the boss is like, I got dinner reservations for everybody. And we're going to miss right. them. If you don't get down here. Hostage negotiation. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just it jump. Turn real ugly. Real it fast. does. It does every time. Yeah. That one person turns mm-hmm. into, and then nobody really gets anything out of it mm-hmm. because you're all thinking about, the horror mm-hmm. that you just experienced with Marge, who yep. will not come down up the tree. Right. And yeah, it's not good. So the downside is that it does bring out the worst in some staff and makes PR videos and photos difficult to use because if you, you don't want to show other people that this is the staff that we have here at whatever. Yeah. And you got Marge up there just freaking out, right? you know, and you got to bleep everything she says. Through the well, whole just, thing. you just leave her up in there and then you have the team go over and then take the picture. So she's in the frame, but she's still up in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> she's, yeah, try to get her at one point where she's smiling or smile crying. Mm-hmm. That looks really good, right? Okay. Because you're like, wow, she's really emotionally invested in that. I, you know, I something to think about. Well, we have with us uh, on the phone, Mr. Joe Tath, one of our favorite yep. podcast and- listeners. Are you there, Joe? I am. I am. It, because I was the first, am I the favorite? You are Is that definitely. How that works? I think that's how it works. And uh, yeah, you were one of the first listeners. I mean, we were only getting yep. in about ten or eleven downloads. That you were in there, and and I'm sure you have some experience with these team building events with your career in the past. <laughs> yeah, I was really laughing. Uh, yeah, paintball. Yeah, I would never ever sign up to go paintball with the people I work with. <laughs> right, <laughs> not in a million years. Like. 
I mess with people all the time. I can only imagine like it'd be like 10 on one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I like to prank and stuff. So I, the last thing I want is to have someone <laughs> be able to shoot me. At work. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page with you on that. Joe, you'd be yeah. like, Hey Bill, I thought we were on the same team. He's like, yeah, I'm taking you down. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Just you turns right go. in the Fox. <laughs> and get you. A lot of close range shooting going on. There. Have you ever been to a team building experience where you're like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever was part of. Oh, you, you know, the funniest thing is that basic training, they had this scripted thing they did, and they had us put our bags together, and they had us do it alone first, and of course, we couldn't get it right because we didn't know the standards, and then told the standards, and they had you get a buddy, that didn't work, and then they had us work all together, and it worked, but it was so, I mean, I understood what they were trying to say, but they didn't, the execution wasn't good. Like the guy didn't know the script right, so he kept messing it up. Like, oh no, he's messing with us. <laughs> You're like, what is going on? This yeah, is not team building. So yeah, and I, I was really tired of doing push-ups for that day, so I just let it go. But <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this is not good. Oh, I love it. Did he want you to do a trust fall right after that? <laughs> no. Oh, we fell a lot that day. A lot of times, you gotta catch yourself and just start pushing against oh. the ground. I love it. Well, you know, I think we've all experienced those great team building experiences. I'm, I'm glad that Pastor Gary doesn't make us go through those things. Uh, so we don't have to worry about doing any of the things on this list. But there was a time where, you know, people thought they were the greatest things ever. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're coming back, but a lot of people say it's not worth it. Uh, you, you do whatever you want with this information. Like, again, here on More Podcast, we go above and beyond to make sure that you have more information. But the reason why I have Joe Tath on the phone is because uh, we are excited to say that you are going to be a part of the Harborlight team. You're, I am. You're joining the Harborlight team, the school. <laughs> that, that is 100% accurate. So what, yeah, what really are you doing? Excited. What are you going to be doing? So I will be teaching PE. All right. Um, getting the swordsman in some really good shape and having fun along the way. Um, I'm also helping out as a... Uh, in the athletic direct uh, department, helping out Josh so he doesn't have to go to every single game. Although <laughs> I talked to him yesterday, he likes to go to every game. So imagine that I'll be working; he'll just be a fan of the stand. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, with my pedigree, I'm going to be helping out in security. So I'm wearing a couple hats, and uh, just super excited. That's awesome. And you are coming from the sheriff's department, right? To us. Correct. Yeah. And uh, you served in that for how long then? So my pedigree is I've been in a uniform for since I was 19 years old. Oh, and wow. I don't want to do the math. That's been over 20 years. <laughs> wow. So I was in the service for seven. I was in the Army for seven years. And then I did, uh, ever, ever since 2008, I've been either a correction officer or a sheriff's deputy. Wow. Well, let me just say, I feel very safe right now yeah. that you'll be walking the hallways of Harbor Lake. And, and Joe, we are super excited and uh, welcome aboard and you're going to have a great time. And it's actually a wonderful thing to be able to wear multiple hats because your days will never be boring. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so looking forward to, to uh, this new job. I, I've been telling everyone I meet, I told this lady yesterday at Walmart, I was getting a, it's my daughter, uh, Charlie, I call her peanut, peanut's birthday. Uh, tomorrow so I bought her a big power wheel and I had this big power wheel on this cart and I'm pushing past this lady who has like four kids and they're all so well behaved and we strike up conversation and uh, so, so the world shows ah, that's why I'm homeschooling and oh. I said that's why I'm retiring from my job and going to teach at Harbor Light 
and give her my daughter that education I, I know she deserves. And she goes, I just toured Harbor Light. Really? So, wow. yeah, it was so crazy. Got so cool yeah. when it comes to that kind of affirmation stuff. So I'm so pumped. I'm so excited. That is awesome. I can't wait. Well, I look forward to seeing your smiling face around here. I know we've gotten to know each other over the last uh, few months, and, and I've just, I'd love our conversations. And you are an amazing fan of our podcast, and we appreciate you. I am a mega fan. I did wear you guys on my shirt. Yes. At church. I, I saw that, and uh, uh, we actually even got a picture. I was trying to get past Gary, but, you know, on Sundays he's super busy, so I wasn't able to get him in the picture. But, uh, yeah, you've got one of our new podcast T-shirts that uh, says now with less calories on it, and I think it looked really good on you because you, you have basically no calories. Uh-huh. You know, if I would have wore it, you know, like I've told you before, if I wear that shirt, the faces are a little spread out a little bit more, but on you it looked good. Well, listen, I'll be around a lot more. Maybe you come by the gym and you come out, come and help me out. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey Joe, uh, just kind of remembering back on some of our past conversations, what's like the most number of burpees or push-ups or something? Didn't you do something crazy one time and almost put yourself in the hospital? Oh, I I did. I uh, I had a condition called rhabdomyolysis, yeah. which means I worked out so hard my body was killing itself. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be a big CrossFit. I used to teach CrossFit. I was uh, an instructor, and I just when you put me in a competition, I, I'm just I'm just a knucklehead sometimes. <laughs> You're not gonna lose. <laughs> pain, pain, pain is temporary, you know. Victory forever. So right. I was just gonna, I was just going, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, yeah, my doctor's like, no, you're gonna go to the hospital now. So, <laughs> no, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, the most I used to do like a hundred burpees for time just for a workout. That's crazy. Yeah, it's I mean, fun. I, I mean, yeah, I burp, but I don't do burpees. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sort of with you a little bit there, you know, but uh, <laughs> they're almost the same thing. They're almost, yeah, they're almost the same thing. Uh, I was just thinking of a, a quote from a very well-known uh, movie that. You know, when you play dodgeball, I'm sure you're going to be one of those teachers that if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball kind of thing. Yeah, I've been I've been looking at the tools, what I'm going to bring to the school. <laughs> you're committed. You are committed. <laughs> I am. Well, I look forward to, like I said, look forward to seeing you around the school. I know you're going to be a blessing to these kids. Uh, they have no idea what a gem we have in you. And, uh, well, I just want to touch base with you. And, uh, well, happy birthday, Peanut. Well, thank you so much. And, guys, I love this podcast so much. I was just sitting in my chair. You had me on hold. I'm like, ah, secret viewing of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's fantastic. I love you both very much. You get to hear what we edit out before it goes on air. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, barely anything. Barely anything. (laughs) All right, my brother. You have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Love you both. Love you too. Bye. Well, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was great. I think that, you know, he's going to be a major asset. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, he's, he's also like, what, nine feet tall? Yeah, he's, he's a big guy for so sure. So it's going to be a lot of good, good times. We're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for more? Well, then you found it right here on More Podcast. Stay tuned. Well, we are going to uh, get ready to take our time in the Rapture Ready News. And uh, before we do, 
I just wanted to say a quick word to all the, the seniors that graduated last Sunday. Yes, we are in open house season. Open house season. And, uh, well, you know what? We just want to say on behalf of the Moore Podcast, Pastor Gary and myself, uh, we were just so excited to get to know you guys. Mm-hmm. I know, Pastor Gary, you took them out on Monday. Yes, right? we went out on grads night out, a long-term, over 44 years we've been doing that here at really? Harbor, Harbor Light. And uh, so we took them out, had a great time. We did do axe throwing and uh, <laughs> up in Mackinac City and had a great time. We did some escape room oh. uh, events. And uh, and also there was an, an electric hot seat and a laser tag room and uh, and pizza. So we whoa, had a great time. Whoa, electric hot seat? What is that? Yeah, you sit in this uh, glass case okay. and there's, a, there's an electric chair in there that you have to hold this button down. And then you have to one-handedly plug in all of these plugs in the wall and get yeah. the right combination as fast as you possibly can <laughs> and then turn the circuit off and if you do it wrong it will give you a nice little and uh, <laughs> and fog goes down in the room and alarms go off and all kinds of crazy stuff that sounds like what i've seen it's in very videos fun. when they do the monkeys right to teach them how to yeah. get the banana yeah, I mean, exactly. this is, this is, okay yep. maybe we can incorporate that into exam week mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. at harbor light school it'd be kind of fun all right we're gonna go into our, our rapture ready news Get rapture ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. All right, Rapture Ready News, we got an interesting subject. And it was brought up a little bit earlier. Uh, Colonel Bucci gave us, I think, a preview before it actually hit the news because it just hit the news last week. Okay. Uh, and it's talked about just uh, yesterday. But U.S. and Israel are, are outraged as Iran elected repertoire to uh, U.N. International Security uh, Committee. Uh, U.N. has reached a new low. Basically, they've been put in positions of authority in the U.N., uh, two major ones. Uh, from W News, uh, prompting outrage from Israel and the United States, Iran was uh, last week elected to two leadership roles in the United Nations, including as a reporter to the committee responsible for disarmament. Disarmament. I got to say that. Yeah, like, yeah, disarmament. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. International security. Uh, Al Jamir reports that the second position to which Iran was elected on Thursday last week is that of a vice president of the UN General Assembly which is a big position in uh, a statement about Iran's election to the committee on disarmament and security U S alternative representative for special political affairs investor, Robert Wood said, not only was Iran unfit to serve as the committee's repertoire, but that the committee's purpose is to address the very security problems that Tehran, which is in Iran uh, itself perpetuates uh, citing Iran's support for Russia's invasion of the Ukraine uh, its nuclear program, and its export of violence, death, and destruction to other countries. Uh, Woods, who is a part of the United States, said, it is absurd beyond contemplation that Iran would serve in a position of leadership on the General Assembly's Committee on Disarmament and International Security. Are you kidding me? Exactly. It, it, this is the... <laughs> what? This is, yeah, the, the yeah. literal fulfillment of what we call wrong right and what we call right wrong. Uh, we're seeing it over and over yeah. and over. And this, first of all, the UN has almost no credibility anywhere in the world. And I've no. seen, uh, I've seen them in action in the nation of Haiti. Uh, and then to do something like this, is just, 
completely backwards. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you read the article even more and what this really affects is that they can bring sanctions against Israel right. with the power of the UN. So they don't have to do any more bo- dropping bombs or, you know, trying to, you know, uh, creating any more terrorist attacks or whatever. They can do it by law, according to UN national law or international law. And, uh, they have the backing of all these other nations. This is mm-hmm. ridiculous. So the only two out of the whole group of nations that are represented there were Israel and the U.S. who said, whoa, 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 this is not right. We don't want them in charge. Mm-hmm. And yet they put them in charge. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah. is there is I, are people watching the same news we watch? I think, I think in any credible, uh, I think any administration that would let this happen, we should pull out Yeah, 100%. That, you know, this is the culmination of everything that has been said for a long, long time that the UN is, yeah. it's worthless. Yeah. I mean, and basically they just prove it to us at least yeah. mm-hmm. and Israel. They mm-hmm. really have no, no support in there, I guess, other than the U.S. right now. Exactly. And uh, basically they're just in the crosshairs of everybody yep. in that room. They should pull out as well. I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you know, I was reading a, another article about the U.S.'s support of it. We do support quite a bit of the U.N. budget. Dollars. Yeah. So I mean, uh, if we pulled out, it would definitely be noticed. Mm-hmm. But it should be done, and I don't, I don't think our there's any talk. Our former president, our former president, wanted to pull out. Yeah, and I don't and think was there's in any the talk process right of doing so. Well, I don't. I've not heard anything about Biden stepping up and saying, "Hey, let's let's do this." Other than Wood basically spoke on behalf of America, but you know, as far as the White House administration, nothing's been said yet. But I'm just like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. The two they most were, powerful positions. Yeah, they were still. Trying to figure out which pronoun to use on the letter. <laughs> well, you know, the the one that's a repertoire, that basically is a reporting person of what's said in closed doors meetings to the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. And that person's from Iran, which means that, do I trust what they say when they come to the general committee? Probably not. And then you have the vice president, you know, the vice person of this group, mm-hmm. uh, who has a lot more control than our vice president does mm-hmm. in that situation. They're in control now from Iran. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. I'm living in the twilight zone, man. I'm just like, what it, is going on? I'm telling on? you, the rapture is coming faster than you realize. Oh, come on. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that, mm-hmm. that is never happened. Think about the implications of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We have just elected a terrorist group yep. to run what's supposed to protect us from, from terrorist terrorism. groups. Yeah. Right. And we've said, okay, you're going to be in charge. It's like putting the fox in charge of the hen house. Hey, yeah. I'm sure they won't do anything wrong. I right. mean, come on. Exactly. Yeah, this is getting out of hand. I don't know. We need to start praying really hard that Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. Come, Lord Jesus. What is it? Maranatha, get here. Uh, we need you here soon. Uh, but definitely be praying for it because the nation that's definitely going to be affected by this decision is Israel. Yes. Uh, because now they have no defenses whatsoever other than the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing a very good job right now in our administration as right. it is. Right. So they're kind of standing out there by themselves. And if you're asking, you know, what are some of the things you're going to lead up to the end times? You're looking at it happen right now where Israel is going to be standing by itself and doing all kinds of things. Uh, you know, I'm a big supporter of a ministry in Israel for people, uh, evangelism. And um, I just got a pin. I mm-hmm. get this I get this pin for my support almost every year. And it's the U.S. flag and the Israeli flag oh. uh, connected. And I was going to contact them about maybe getting four or 500 of, of those pins and trying to hand them out to the people at Harbor Light. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And get people to, just just to remind you to pray. Yeah. Pray for Israel, uh, definitely, because they need it. Well, we're going to take an ID break and come back with our big question. If you guys are, uh, do you remember the question from last week? Not yet. (laughs) 
Well, he's going to come to them while we're in the identity break. Well, here's how to have more. Know God more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. You're listening to more podcast. Looking for a go-to eatery that has awesome food? Well, Paper Station in downtown Harbor Springs is sure to have your next favorite. From their signature station burger to the golden crispiness of a hand-dipped onion ring, enjoy the flavors that make this a must-stop today. Paper Station. This is where we, we break it in again. <laughs> we are on a roll today. <laughs> I'll edit all this out. Okay. All right. All right, we're back with our big question for, uh, well, this week's Bible trivia. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're wondering how we answer this question or how you get it on air or get it to us, all you have to do is write to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, all lowercase, harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, and send us your guess. And uh, while we have a few that answered last week's, we have uh, Dave Carafino, who answered it, Mary Wood, and, and of course, we have uh, Joe Tath, uh, Nikki McCune, uh, Alan Kerbersky, you know, I never can say his name right. I just call him Alan Kerbersky. Kerbersky. Uh, -huh. uh, Ben wrote in again. Ben, and ben got in and again. He got in again. I thought maybe once he got his Bluetooth speaker, he was oh, going to be no, gone. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, because he learned that we got some other new podcasts. Oh, swag, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Linda Murray, of course, yes. is in there again. So these all got it right. Uh -huh. And uh, so, Pastor Gary, the question was from last week. Yes, what's the minimum number of people that need to be gathered together in the Lord's name to have Jesus' presence right there? And the answer is two. Two. Yep. The reference is two or three, where two or three gather together, I am there in their midst. Uh, and so, and that is from uh, Matthew 18, verse 20. 20. And, um, and so, uh, way to go. Everyone for getting I that know, one that's correct. A, that's and, good uh, hand clap on and that. Again, just to just to uh, break that one out a little bit, I just uh, I just actually had my very first ever uh, tick on me. I know, just watching you pick it off right yep, now. Yeah, right now, just felt it crawling up the back of my neck. Never had that before in my life, but I was out doing some trimming this morning. <laughs> okay, thank you, Jesus. So <laughs> it's not a lime tick. Yeah, not a lime tick. Name so Jesus. the the idea here isn't. The fact that you have to have two people together to have Jesus present. Yeah. Okay, but that is the promise that he will be there. The point is unity. Unity is yeah. the point that's trying to be made. Um, I listened to some pretty famous pastors actually kind of debunk this verse and try to say uh, uh, it doesn't mean what it means, but it, it does mean that the Lord's presence is there, and he's really into unity. And where you are unified with other believers, his presence is magnified. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was listening to a podcast of some preachers from back in the day because I uh -huh. like to listen to some of these old, Pentecostal preachers, and he was talking about the two or three thing uh -huh. and tying it back to Deuteronomy uh -huh. about the two or three witnesses. Yeah. And he was saying it was only good for adjudicating issues within the church, Oh, which I don't agree with, uh -huh. but I mean, I can see how they can make that connection. Yeah, there, there, there yeah. is a connection, yeah. but that isn't the main point. But that's not the main point, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you read the whole scripture in context, you would definitely see it a little bit different, mm -hmm. a little bit different. It's not so that you can get a... Uh, you know, somebody in trouble or take them to court right. within the church. Uh, but yeah, there is that, that conversation going on out there. And I guess it's been tough for quite a while because that pastor preached in the forties. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that was the answer. And I just read to you all these names of people mm -hmm. that did it and got it right. 
<coughs> Don't edit that out. <laughs> oh my gosh. How's allergies. Your, how's your lung? Oh my gosh. The allergies and the pollen and stuff. Okay. Uh, and so we have a new question this week for all of our listeners. Yes. And they're growing. Yeah. The, the people that are at least writing in are growing because normally it's only like one or two, uh-huh. but they're all getting hungry for these, uh, I, these, and I think, swag. I think you're kind of picking up on the fact that they like them a little bit harder. They do. They, they do. I do. So I've got a hard one for you. Oh, here we and go. And this again, we'll be setting up for this weekend's message. And, um, and I'm going to give you the reference. I'm going to, yeah, I think I should probably give you the reference. Uh, the reference is, uh, first Samuel chapter 30. Uh, where is uh, David's home encampment? What's the name of David's home encampment in First uh, Samuel chapter thirty? Oh, yeah. So it's a it's a name of a location or a place. And if you give it to us in the Hebrew, yeah, yeah, you, exactly. Double points, right? Yeah, you might win some gospel bucks. Because do, do you have to speak Hebrew <laughs> to do it? I mean, no. is that what you mean? You just got to write it out. Okay, you know, write you can, it out. Yeah, just write it out in Hebrew. In Hebrew, in, in the he- Hebrew language with the, all of the yeah. ups and downs. Oh, downsies. yeah, do it, yeah. Oh, wow. And then I'll translate it on Google because I'm not very good with that stuff. I saw you wearing some kind of a Hebrew hat yesterday. Yeah, Yeshua, the- yeah. It's my it's my Yeshua hat. Oh, cool. No, we went to this thing called Sunfrogs in Gaylord, uh-huh. and they're like selling all these clothes like dirt cheap, right? Because they, okay. they're like misprints or whatever. Oh, okay. But they have some that are, are fine. They just nobody picked up the rest of the order and so i'm looking through this thing did you check did you check your hat to make sure it's not (laughs) jesus with a g probably just chicken supers on mine i don't know (laughs) but it's uh yeah it says yeshua on it and then we got a bunch of star wars hats too okay that they just didn't i mean i don't know somebody didn't pick them up some of them misprints you have some that say uh tato juan you know (laughs) and okay chubiki uh-huh we didn't take those but they were they were there i mean it'd be fun to have some of those yeah 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 Okay, so uh, we want to know uh, where David in First Samuel thirty yep. uh, basically had his encampment. Yep. And uh, if you have the answer to that, send yep. it to us at Harborlight Bible Trivia at Gmail dot com. Harborlight Bible Trivia at Gmail dot com, all lowercase. And uh, well, we would love to uh, you know put you on air and let let people know that you're a brilliant theologian, right? I mean, you know, because I think it's okay. I mean, we give people trophies for running and, sure. and all that stuff. We could say, "Hey, you did a great job." But if you if you did answer it wrong, I'm not going to tell people who who that was. But you know, people like Ben, they don't really care if we put them on here if they make the the wrong assumption about a text. It's okay. We love Ben anyways. He won last week. He, uh, the whole speaker and stuff. We're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, no, you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet, so how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. Please, sir. I want some. Well, has the winter done a number on your beautiful floors in your home? Well, Hamill's flooring with their expert touch of Cliff Haas is sure to have an answer for you. With a large exclusive collection of carpet and vinyl flooring, your floors will look better than new. That's Hamill Flooring here in Petoskey. Well, here we are in Bible Talk this week, and uh, we're on week six of a seven-week series on spiritual warfare. Uh, and we're, t- we're talking about this idea of being part of a band of brothers 
or as Pastor Gary said on Sunday, sisterins, mm-hmm. you know, brothers or sisterins. Uh, and so we're talking about creating connections in the body of Christ that can help in your spiritual battle. Uh, you can't fight a spiritual battle all by yourself. Of course, you have obviously Holy Spirit and, and the whole Godhead on your side, but you also need people that he has raised up as support within your community of faith. That's why we have churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't be a church unto yourself. You have to be a part of a community. And so Pastor Gary brought us into this idea of Band of Brothers, and uh, so I thought today it would be kind of interesting with you doing your story, and I wanted to bring it up here, uh, some background music, and do the whole thing right. Are you game for it? I, I, I will give it my best. Okay. So I'm going to cue up some, some background music as you give the story. That was pretty, pretty epic. Mm-hmm. I know my wife, who's not into history, she perked up a little bit, but I was, I was into it. So here is the story Pastor Gary shared on Sunday. I'm going to give a little background music, see if this works for you. How's that work? All right. So I'm going to give you the microphone. You just, you just go with it. Here you go. The sheer size and scale of this war was unprecedented. Over 30 countries were at battle and warring against each other. Now, every time a new war comes along, new ways to maim and kill soldiers comes to the forefront. And this war was was no different. There were trenches etched into the earth's surface, stretching for miles. Airplanes fought in dogfights overhead and tanks rumbled the ground and mowed down everything in their paths. But worst of all, gas. Poison gas. It flowed into the trenches like the angel of death, sucking up the life of 100,000 soldiers and leaving 1.3 million more blind or with irreversible lung damage. Now when most men go to war, They do it because of patriotism or trying to avenge evil. But along the way, relationships are formed. In basic training, you get to know one another. And then during battle, those relationships are deepened and hardened. Privates McMillan and Wright were two of those kind of men. They went through basic training together and now had fought next to each other for over a year. They had a deep relationship. They knew about each other's past and their future hopes and dreams. And you can imagine the heart and horror that fell upon Private McMillan when he saw Private Wright go down with a bullet wound. Private Wright was able to make it back to the trench. All the while, bullets were whistling over top of his head. He asked his Lieutenant Williams, would it be okay if I went back to get my fallen buddy He said, no way. Are you out of your blasted mind? He's probably dead, and you'll just be throwing away your life. It's just not worth it, and I cannot afford to lose any more soldiers. But Private Wright, McMillan, just Private McMillan just couldn't sit there any longer. He tossed his rifle to the side and climbed out of that trench and started making his way to get his buddy. All the time, all the while, Lieutenant Williams ordered cover fire to cover him as he made it on his mission. He only had to go 250 feet, but it seemed like a mile as he went up and over different bomb craters. He weaved his way around barbed wire and even had to step over other fallen soldiers who had died. 
He picked up Private Wright, put him over his shoulder, and made his way back. As the two of them tumbled into the trench together, Lieutenant Williams checked over the wounded soldier, and his heart sank. And he looked right into the eyes of Private McMillan, and he said, I told you, he's dead. And now look at you, you're mortally wounded. It wasn't worth it. I knew it wasn't worth it. But then Private McMillan looked into the eyes of Lieutenant Williams and he said, but sir, it was worth it. How could it be worth it? Because when I got to Private Wright, he was still alive. And I heard him say, I knew you'd come back for me. That's good. That is good. Now see, the music, I think. It helps. It made it it so much better. Okay. Because when you go into the God Bless America, Mm -hmm. that's when the tears, that's when they start right there. If I would have just had the soundtrack, I probably would have been able to get Pastor Amy to cry. She would have, yeah, I think she might have because, you know, music. There there was a crack there, though, you said. There was a crack, yeah. She did get into it, and she, you know, when you got to the end of it, that's when it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, that was pretty good. Okay. Okay. She she actually said to me, she goes, tear, get back in my eye. Get back in my eye. (laughs) Here, don't come down. That was amazing. That story is so it's so packed with all kinds of uh, interesting things about it because you know that person. You know, if you think about World War One, right? Yes, World and, War One and the the battle that's going on there. Uh, you go across the the what do they call the dead man's area or the yep. dead man's zone? Yep, no, uh, no man's zone. No man's zone. You're not going to make it. I mean, those mm-hmm. those bullets are coming at you so so mm-hmm. fast, so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, even without all of the other chemical warfare, right? Uh, and so he knew. I mean, he had to have and, known. And yeah. um, I I put a picture of this up on the screen when I was doing the story, of course. Yeah. And uh, th- their face masks that they wear, the gas masks that they wear, were two separate glass eyes. That were like, yeah, they didn't fit on anybody, right? So the, he has to run across and get his buddy, probably only being able to see out of one eye. Yeah, and he and he does it and gets him back, and yep. of course he's mortally that was wounded. The but most terrible design of a gas mask, I think, that you could all, possibly. <laughs> there are come a lot up of with. things, man. I tell right. you, the boots. Did you? Um, I can't remember who was telling me this, but somebody's telling me maybe it was, maybe it was uh, Steve. Uh, but the boots, they never put tread on them. They were just slapped on. There was basically just leather, really? leather-layered boots that didn't have tread yet. And it wasn't until later on in the war they finally figured out that these guys are slipping and sliding in the mud because they have no traction to move. And so it was not an advantage for them because when they run out of the trenches, they're like sliding and slipping like yeah. they're on ice. What, what's crazy is I wrote a story for this series but didn't end up using about uh, trench foot. Really? Uh, yeah. I uh, wrote a whole big story about that but uh, didn't end up using that. That's not a good thing, though, right? Trench foot is bad. It's bad. You can yeah. lose a leg that wet. way. Yeah, because um, your feet are constantly wet and dirty, and you get infections. And, um, yeah, 30,000 soldiers had to go home because they couldn't walk. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad I'm not uh, in that era. I'm glad that the people that served, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. I don't think anybody's still alive from there, but we'll just say it anyways. Mm-hmm. Thank you to their grandkids who remember them every year. Uh, but we, you got into some really uh, key thoughts about how to uh, – build that band of brothers, if you will, mm-hmm. within the community of faith. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you did uh, recap over the last, uh, was it, five weeks. But uh, the things that I thought were interesting, how you encapsulated the thought, which was interesting. And the first thing you brought up was was praying with others. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you dig into that? And I want to do that with all of the points that you made because I think they're all really uh, very powerful within themselves. But I just want to give that that title that you put up there, prayer 
uh, with others. What did you mean when you were talking about how that was an important part of being in the band Brothers? Yeah, so there's, um, as I mentioned, that uh, public speaking is like the number one fear that people have in general. Uh, and then there's inside the church, there's kind of like the fear of praying out loud in front of other people. Mm-hmm. And um, and I really, I really think that we miss out on a lot uh, when we're letting our fears motivate us uh, versus yeah. our faith. And uh, so I want to encourage people that uh, a conversation with God is a prayer. Yeah. And um, you don't have to worry about saying the words just right or ha- making sure you've got all your you know, Bible verse quotes down correctly. Just have a conversation with God and do that in front of others. Mm-hmm. And what that will do is it will give an indicator of what's going on in your heart, where, where you're at, and it'll allow other people to come alongside of you yeah. and, uh, and to be there with you and to support you on whatever it is you're doing. So in all of our small groups that I'm aware of here at Harbor Light, we do uh, an exercise called uh, praying around the circle. Yep. And um, and so everyone says the one thing that they need prayer for for the week, and then we go back around the circle and you pray for the person either on your right or your left. And um, and you're praying out loud in front of others. Yeah. And um, that's a real stretch, but you know, you're only doing it in a group of about 12 people or so. And so um, I have heard a lot of people grow tremendously from the experience of praying um, in a group out loud and um, connecting with God and, and connecting with others. And so it's a really powerful exercise to to do that. Yeah, um, one of the things that uh, I mentioned in our small group that we have uh, is that when we do that, a lot of times what we're doing is we're building the intimate connection that we, we need to have within the small group, right? Yes. Because if you can kind of isolate yourself and keep quiet the whole time, nobody gets to know you and you really don't, you know, uh, get to know other people because you're not having that conversation. You're not building community. And um, <clears throat> I remember we had some people come to our small group and they're all real quiet. Mm-hmm. Now, as we're, we've done it for, you know, about a year, yep. uh, they're very much a part of the conversation, very much sharing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that does require trust, right? I mean, if I'm going to pray with other people, I'm going to share my prayer request. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like, not like a trust fall, but it is a real form of trust that we are committed to each other enough that I can, uh, you mentioned this later on in the message about being vulnerable, yes. being available in that mm-hmm. situation, which is a key to uh, having that band of brothers be um, built within your community. Yeah, um, and you do see it. I think now that you know, we, I think I gave you a statistic a while back that we're seventy eight percent of our church is a part of a small group. Yeah, uh, which is phenomenal compared to a lot of other churches when they talk about their statistics. Mm-hmm. The average church I was looking at, the average church is around 32 percent of their population is part of a small group. We're okay. at seventy eight. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of people that are experiencing this idea of community yeah. like they like other churches don't. Right. And and I think it's very very much uh, apparent within our community to see people uh, the way they talk to each other, the way they pray for each other, the way they're so vulnerable and open to each other. So, Well, I think all of the pieces uh, come together to help that foster that kind of response from people. Um, we have a small group ministry, and then and then you, you, as a staff member, you are leading a small group. And so they see that by example. Our free life ministry helps support yeah. the idea of bump up vulnerability and trustworthiness. And so we have all of these pieces that are going together and that help kind of foster that that idea that I need to be in a faith community with a smaller group of people. Yeah. So at Harbor Light, we're constantly trying to grow smaller, um, constantly. I was just going to say that that's your, that's your, uh, catchphrase for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're not trying to be bigger. We're trying to be smaller. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so key when people get that in their head. I mean, cause obviously we we're about 500 people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not very small compared to a lot of churches, but we are small in the sense of our community. Right. Uh, we do get to know each other very well, which is important. Yeah. Which is very important. Uh, and then another one that you gave, which was interesting, is that your header was marriage and Christianity. Yeah. What in the world does that have to do with Band of Brothers? 
Well, um, <clears throat> it's the idea of serving. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, when we're in unity together and we're serving one another, then uh, we get a chance to see uh, a lot of a lot of boundaries come down, a lot yeah. of barriers come down when we serve. And inside of marriage, when, when we are approaching marriage in the sense that this is what I can get out of it, either yeah. friendship or intimacy or whatever it might be, um, people are trying to always get something out of it. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and a lot of people are trying to get something out of Christianity or out of, yeah. out of church. Yeah. And instead of, we need to flip it. And this is what I'm here to give. Here's how I'm here to serve both in marriage and in Christianity as well. And if you do this uh, in marriage, if you have a contest with your spouse yeah. on who can outserve the other person, you have to both be committed to it because at the moment somebody starts, you know, taking advantage, then it, it does start to fall apart. But we are here to serve one another and yeah. your marriage will be the most incredible relationship you could ever imagine if that's your approach. I, I loved how you brought that up. And, and when you were talking, uh, the one thing that came to my mind, and it's just something that's been a part of my my own personal study for my own devotional life, but this idea of, of covenant connection, mm-hmm. you know, we see that when God establishes his relationship with us, it is under a covenant heading. It's not just, um, I'm going to, uh, hang out with you and be your God. Uh, he wants to establish, uh, a binding relationship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's interesting. Like when we talk about this idea of being band of brothers, being a part of a marriage, giving and getting, uh, you know, the responsibility that we have to each other is not that we just show up to church or maybe we're part of some, some activity together. But when I, I see you on Sunday, it, we're in a covenant relationship. I, mm-hmm. I'm committed to you. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I would be committed to anybody else that I've had that kind of a strong relationship with. Right. And I, I tell you, that is so counter counter to our culture today. Right. Because mm-hmm. how many times do we hear people say, I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah. That word's becoming so so overused that, you know, it really doesn't mean like it, what it used to anymore. But when I come to church on Sunday and somebody puts their arm around me and says, Hey, I love you. Mm-hmm. That to me should mean a lot more yeah. than the way I've been hearing about it in the world. That, that, that love means I'm invested in you. I care about you. I'm looking uh, to protect and also provide, trying to find ways to be a part of your, your life. And we see that happening here at Harbor Light. I know that you've seen in your small group, I've seen it in mine. Uh, the more you begin to build this, you start connecting in those ways uh, more raising money, helping the, with the families. We've had a lot of families in this church that have been uh, have gone through either death or sickness, and a lot of our small groups have stepped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things that it should be eventually implied when you start realizing the importance of this relationship. So, and you know, even though it's kind of interesting that title, marriage and Christianity, might catch you off guard because you're like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, I think most believers in the in the and the church on Sunday really got the idea that we're, we're talking about a covenant connection. Yeah. Just like those two guys in the field. I mean, I don't think they were just friends. Mm-hmm. They had a commitment to each other that went beyond friendship. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just spoke with someone in the last couple of days that, uh, uh, they're leaving. Oh yeah. I know who it was. Um, an old golf coach, uh, from another high school that I used to be a buddy with. Uh, he's actually going to, uh, retire and move to Alabama and work for one of his guys that he was really? in the service with. And 25 years later, wow! and uh, he's going to go work for him, and he's looking forward to it. So just that commitment and that kind of relationship that gets committed and uh, fortified yeah. in uh, serving together uh, really goes a long ways. Yeah, and, and like you just brought up there, you know, uh, we have people that have relationships here, and they may not talk to each other every Sunday. Mm-hmm. But if I went up to them mm-hmm. and said, I need your help, and you mentioned that on Sunday, yeah. you know, who do you have? Who, who will respond yeah. if you need help if in the middle of the help. night, yeah. right? 
And uh, it was interesting when you said that because a lot of people's heads were shaken. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's not just the spouses. Mm-hmm. It was other people in the yeah. community that did not have a connection necessarily by relation. And, and I just think that's so impressive that we as a body are like that, that we think that way. It's not a big deal for us to say, mm-hmm. hey, if you need me at three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be showing up, whatever it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I've got, um, I hear there's a, there's a small group in our church that uh, the gentleman uh, lost his wife and, uh, and he's been through some medical stuff going on in his own life. And then the other people in a small group have been coming and picking his kids up and taking them to school yeah, and picking yeah. them up from school to deliver them home, take them over to baseball games. Meals have been coming in now for months uh, for this, uh, this family. And I'm just proud to be a part of a church that uh, we, we don't just talk about love. We're actually doing it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny talking about examples of that. Uh, we have a, a couple in our small group, their kids are, are their, their daughter's getting married mm-hmm. and, uh, they brought up to a small group and said, you know, we don't have enough money to get a catering staff together. So I guess our family's gonna have to do all the work, you know, mm-hmm. immediate family. And my whole small group said, Hey, you know, put, put an apron on us and we'll be the, that's awesome. Yeah. And so all of us are going to be doing the catering mm-hmm. for the wedding of their daughter. Nice. Uh, I'm not going to be cooking, so they don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But I mean, we're going to be serving and helping out and cleaning up and all that stuff. There you go. Uh, but that was just one way to, to help them because they didn't have enough money to get like a, a catering staff together and all that other stuff. And, and then that way the family can be a part of the celebration. You know, yeah. it's, you know, I'm, I'm excited that it's happening, but I don't have to be immediately right there. Mm-hmm. I can be doing other things. And so that's just another example of, you know, how small groups help and, and do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had one more, uh, or you had two more, actually, you have one that was interesting power in numbers. You talked about this as well. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, that's that idea on the two or three where they gather together. Okay. Um, when we gather together with other believers, it does send an incredible message that uh, I'm not just standing alone. There's other people standing with me. Yeah. And in every other arena of life, when you see a whole mass of people coming at you, you get scared, right? Yeah, right, yeah. And, um, and that, re- that re- makes me reflect back on that story in the Old Testament where, you know, the prophet and his servant are sitting in this house and they're surrounded by an army. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, we're going to die. The servant is saying to the prophet, and the prophet's like, Lord, open his eyes so he can really see what's going on. And yeah. the hills were filled with chariots of fire. You know, it's a numbers game, right? <laughs> That'd be so cool. It is. It? Yeah. yeah, it would be so cool to be able to see that. Um, so numbers do matter. And um, where a church is unified together and all standing together, just think about, uh, go all the way back to Genesis chapter 11 when you got the Tower of Babel. Yeah. God uh, comes down and he looks at the state of man at that point and he says, look, they're all speaking one language with one voice, trying to get something accomplished I told them not to do. Right. And so he, he confuses their language, the Tower of Babel. Um, but th- there's a hidden gem in there that when we all speak in unity together and in one language yeah. for one purpose, there's nothing that can stand in our way. And I think you can take that principle and apply it to Christianity or apply it to your small group or apply it to your church. Uh, nothing will be able to stop us if we're all working together. Yeah, and I think that is just a really interesting way of looking at it. I've never thought of the Tower Bible that way, but uh, this it's definitely there. And I think that's really cool how we think about uh, in the church that, you know, when we— Talk about the body of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Paul describes the body, right? Yeah. He's not just mentioning one part. I mean, he begins to go through a whole list of parts. Yeah. There's a lot of things that come together to make one mm-hmm. one body. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, that when we get to this mindset where we can isolate ourselves by just watching the service on Facebook or being away from a community and that we're still, you know, kind of a part of the community. Yeah. I really think in my heart of hearts that, that that's the best tool of the devil is to keep you separated from the group. Absolutely. Because you are so susceptible then to all the garbage yeah, that's you, around there. You've got two you've got a two way 
thing going on. First of all, the body of Christ is not being encouraged by you, and then you're not being encouraged by the body of Christ. Yeah. And uh, so the, the devil wins anytime he can keep you separated. And uh, so important for us to to make the effort. And, you know, I talked about that. What are the three simplest kind of common denominator things that we yeah. need if we're going to count ourselves as a part of the faith community, uh, you know, besides your relationship with Jesus? Hey, you need to, number one, show up more often than not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, find an area to serve so that if you're not there, it's missed. Yeah. And then thirdly, of course, support uh, with time, talent, and treasure. So, And, and you know, that, you know, I think when people... When you asked that the second question, you know, like or that, or you just said that made that statement that if you don't show up, people would notice. You know, I I think we should say that not everybody in the church out of five hundred people are going to notice that, but the people that are directly working in with that what you're doing yeah. are definitely going to notice. Mm-hmm. You are an integral part, and and I think sometimes you know people come to this mindset if we don't do something big enough to where everybody notices, then we're not really doing anything effective. Mm-hmm. The truth is, you are. I mean, if right. you show up to to kids ministry. And uh, you're one of the assistants that helps out yep. another assistant yep. of an assistant. Right. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They need you there because you're crucial to the well-being of those children. First Corinthians tells us that the more basic the part of the body, the more important it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can live without. You can live without an ear. It's yeah. Important, but you can live without it. But you can't live without your stomach. Right. Right. Yeah. That one's hidden. That one's not very noticeable. But. It will be felt. It's not glamorized. There you go. And it, I love that. I love eventually that tries to get out, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> eventually, the bubble gets a little big. All right. Uh, the last one that you talked about, and this is so funny. The first service didn't do it. Second service, when you said, can I get a witness? You had, yeah. <laughs> you had people going, come on, preach it. Yeah. I have that that second <laughs> that second uh, congregation there is just like, um, they're all into the, oh, to yeah. the support of it. And yeah. Yeah, it went really, really well. You were trying yeah. to lead into that first. I mean, the first yeah. service, you just made the comment, right. can I get a witness? And then you go into it. Yeah. When you said, can I get, you couldn't even go any further because they're right. still going about, yeah. yeah, Jesus, come on. Yeah, you know? yeah it was great. <laughs> I, I, I love both services, and that second one is very entertaining. That was hilarious. So what is that, can I get a witness? What does that mean then? Well, you know, that's that where two or three gather together. That's taken back to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, that says, uh, don't, you can never go into court and have someone making an accusation against you and have it stick unless it's backed up by another witness or two yeah. or where with two or three. And, um, and so that was that idea that we're being accused by the enemy constantly, mm-hmm. yeah. that we're not worthy of the love of Jesus. We're not, uh, we're not uh, faithful followers. And he whispers those lies to us all the time. And, um, and of course, Jesus is our advocate. He's standing before the father saying, my blood is good enough. My blood covers this. But, uh, when we gather together and we pray and we're in unity, we're telling the enemy that, you know, you're speaking lies and this backed up by, uh, by this witness. And you, and you mentioned, uh, I think a couple of illustrations we were talking about, you know, like if, if somebody started saying something about you or about somebody in the congregation and, and people know you because mm-hmm. they have a relationship with you, right. Um, they can attest and witness to the fact of who you are as a human being, what you're doing in the kingdom. Uh, and that's also a helpful thing to do. I mean, the, the whole power of numbers is helpful to us to stand, mm-hmm. but, the other part is we need advocates on our behalf yeah. and community. You know, it's not like you just, you know, I, I guess sometimes you look at relationships and families, you know, everybody says I'm a part of this family by name, mm-hmm. but the people that know you then can go above and beyond that and say, well, yeah, they have my last name, but we know them. Yeah. 
Uh, same thing in the church community. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I, I, I'm not saying I'm some kind of prophetic person, but I'm telling you that the world in which we're living now and what's coming next is that there will be accusations leveled against you that are completely untrue, mm-hmm. not based on anything in reality, because we're living in the world now where the, the court system is your social media. Right, yeah. And, and so they can make all kinds of accusations that are not backed up. And if you don't have people in your life that can say, nope, that's not the Alex that I know. Yeah. That's not the Alex I've ever seen. That's a complete fabricated lie. Um, I'm telling you folks, that's coming our way. Yeah. And it's coming very soon. And I'll tell you what, I mean, between you and me and the fence post mm-hmm. and everybody else on the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, we, you and I both got attacked on Facebook. Yes. Just a while back. Uh, saying that we were doing things and saying things we weren't saying. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what was amazing is people stepped up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And they weren't mean, mm-hmm. but they, they came to the defense of, of you and myself and anybody else on staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I read those things and I was just, you know, I brought a tear to my eye thinking the fact that people have invested enough to watch and observe you and me mm-hmm. and know what we're about, know mm-hmm. what we, we speak about. And I was just, uh, I was so impressed mm. that, you know, people are willing to do that, you know, and that's what you find in the body of Christ. You find yeah. people that are willing to do that. Um, they're not going to stay quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, this is family. You know, you don't mess with family. Right. You don't start picking on family unless, yep. you know, you got some real grievance. But I think that was just a really cool thing. And I can attest to the fact that, you know, um, it's good to have witnesses and advocates on your side, mm-hmm. especially when other people are trying to tear you apart and don't have all the truth. Yep. Don't have any of the, well, they didn't have any of the truth really, mm-hmm. but it's just trying so hard to destroy what God's already doing. Yeah. Um, it's just so good to have that power numbers, but also have advocates that are with you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so my friend, pastor, yes. uh, what is uh, next week's sermon? All from? right. So next week's sermon is going to be, it's a revanchism and, um, that's a word. <laughs> yeah. Revanchism. Again. It's, it's a unique word. It's a real word. I didn't make it up. All right. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not a, a Biden word. It, it means, yeah, it means to go and, uh, reacquire what's been taken from you. Okay. And uh, it's going to be based on, um, this passage of scripture that we mentioned from first Samuel chapter 30. All right. And, um, on, and, and so it's, it's, it's about getting back what the enemy has stolen from you. All right. And, uh, it'll be based on Christ. Uh, what Christ has got us in our salvation is more than what Adam lost. Oh, wow. Okay, so good. it's going to be a really powerful message. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking and, forward uh, to it. And revanchism is how you say revanchism. it. Revanchism. I yeah. love it. That's going <laughs> to... I looked it up. It's a real word. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, interesting word. And yeah. I've never heard... Um, I, can, I can say I have not heard more than one other sermon on this topic. I've never heard a sermon like okay. that with that word being used. Yeah. I mean, I've, heard the, the I've never heard a word that that one being used, yeah. but the idea from first yeah. Samuel 30 is not for, yeah. yeah. The, some of the basic concepts you just sure. brought up, I'd have, but revanchism I've never heard. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's going to be a new word for everybody's lexicon uh, to uh, take with them to the week. Mm-hmm. Try to put that at the water cooler. Have you heard of revanchism? Yeah. And just see what people come up with definitions. Yep. That would be, we should do that for the podcast next week. Just okay. Yeah. Do what now? We should just like call random places up. Oh, and ask them what that word and means? ask them if they can define the word on the radio show. What would you say over a radio show? Can you define the word revanchism and just see what kind of definitions they come up with? That'd be awesome. Well, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Call the uh, local whatever it is, Applebee's, and say, hey, I just wanted to ask you real quick. I, I just just you're on a radio show. Uh, do you know the word revanchism? See what. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, we should do okay. it. We'll get a list of numbers together. Yep. Of places we should call. Okay. And then just see what what they answer them as. I love that. We might have to bleep a few, but we'll we'll make yeah. it. We can edit that stuff out. Okay. 
All right. Well, that's it for us on the podcast. We were just so happy to have you here. And again, Joe, uh, it was awesome. Yes. To thank you, Joe. Have you? Yeah. I mean, you were a lot of fun. And uh, well, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. And again, we had 11 people answer that last Bible question. It's growing. So uh, yeah, we're having a good time. Uh, but uh, you know, the more podcasts, take that challenge this summer and be listening to us because we definitely will give you more of what you're looking for. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission. Now.